Welcome back to another episode of Pitch Black, America's Missing Soccer Stars. I'm your host and creator, Matthew. And uh, first, I want to start off by apologizing again for such a long, uh, pretty much almost one month um, delay. Uh, unfortunately, there was a lot of uh, different, um, well, soccer and non-soccer events going on um uh out there in the real world and even in my personal life and i'm just going to run through these things today so there will be no uh no real breaks or anything it'll be just me you know going through with uh everything uh that's going on in just the past month so first i'm gonna start off with the charleston trip um as usual even before covid uh well especially before covid i always like to take a trip usually internationally um and uh, unfortunately, uh, there were a lot of uh, countries that were still in uh, COVID lockdown and different uh, regulations. And um, so that's given me an opportunity to really kind of travel throughout the United States, primarily through uh, the Gulf Coast, because I, I do live in New Orleans. So um, I you know, eventually got a little tired of that. Uh, last year, I'd gone to Miami, uh, gone to Houston. Uh, to visit family and hoping to go to Austin, um, uh, but that's kind of foreshadowing. Um, what I did this time with the help of Breeze Airways, they're not a sponsor, but I wish they were, um, and a $100 round-trip ticket uh, each, uh, my girlfriend and I went to Charleston. Um, and as with many things, uh, I like to see if there's a soccer team. I like to see the culture, uh, not just of the soccer team, but of the city, obviously the food. Um, and just how it goes. I always like to see could I fit in or more so could I, would I feel comfortable living somewhere um, uh, outside of New Orleans. So I went on this Charleston trip, a beautiful place. Uh city's actually older than New Orleans, which is, if you're from here, you would think New Orleans is the oldest city in the United States of how it's presented. And we are an old city. Um, but uh, it, it was good to kind of see, you know, uh, something older, something with just as much uh, rich history, uh, seeing where um, the um, Constitution was ratified, uh, seeing the uh, slavery, um, uh, slavery Museum, um, and just many other things, Fort Sumter, uh, Yorktown, Battleship, um, and great and you know uh, i can't say anything was better than the other uh even including the soccer game uh but obviously for the purpose of the show i'm going to be talking about the soccer game so there's a team out there called the charleston battery uh battery kind of refers to uh a military uh it's more of a military term obviously uh because uh, uh wars were fought there um sorry battles were fought there uh primarily for something and um, without getting into you know too much history, they're named Charleston Battery, and they're essentially one of the oldest, uh, um, pro, I guess, pro, pro or semi-pro soccer teams, soccer clubs that still exist. Uh, obviously, there were teams that were older than them. Um, they're not in operation anymore. They're big teams now, you know, as far as the MLS, um, but they're all younger. Uh, so. This was essentially the, you know, this is the grandfather uh, of the group right now. And um, I really liked it. I, I like how they had everything set up, uh, even from, uh, even including their app. So there's an app that they have, uh, the Charleston Battery, and I don't know if it's just specifically them 
or the USL, which is the second level uh, soccer league in the United States. But it's very user friendly, and um, I will admit, uh, just for the purpose of this uh, this uh, channel, um, this podcast, I was one of the very few uh, black folks that were there. <laughs> and granted, that was also because I one of the very few black folks in Charleston. But uh, everyone was very kind. It wasn't, you know, uh, I didn't stick out like a sore thumb. It wasn't anything, any kind of issues. People were very friendly, uh, especially. Uh, when you're wearing a Real Madrid uh, sweatshirt, you know, everyone kind of, you know, knows that you know, you know, uh, at least you know a winning uh, squad when you see it. But um, it was very cold. It was about 32 degrees, pretty much freezing, uh, with a very good wind chill. Um, but my girlfriend and I stuck it out at least for 60 minutes of the game. Um, and uh, Charleston won, which is always a good feel. Which is, that's always a good feel to go to a game, you know, of any sport, go to see a team, and, you know, have that feeling that they won because of you. So, um, but even aside from the game, just how everything was set up, you know, the, the stadium, the pregame uh, uh, marching, uh, the food, the, the, the entertainment, it, it's what... Um, you know, and I kind of mentioned it as far as uh, with the Jesters. Uh, you know, I think the Jesters is a quality team and everything as far as uh, semi-pro. Um, and I guess this, this would be with any team. You don't necessarily have to be a soccer fan or even a sports fan anymore in order to join, enjoy the sport. And I say sports fan in the sense of knowing the X's and O's or even knowing the rules. A lot of times it's how do you get someone there? How do you, you know, get them in the stands? And, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, even college football games, I would say majority of people or a good amount of people don't know what's going on. But if they're serving alcohol at specific, you know, uh, I know specific conferences that don't or uh, after certain times. Um, but they, they're enjoying it. They're enjoying the music, you know, the, the pregame or the, the hype music and everything else uh, or just the old traditions. So that's that's one of the positive things that I saw with them, um, and how you know they they pretty much reached every community. Uh, well, it, within the downtown uh, Mount Pleasant, uh, um, South Carolina area. So that was pretty good, and uh, that just for me that just kind of got my wheels going more and more to do just that thing. And I mentioned earlier as far as going to Austin. Um, uh, my girlfriend's sister lives in Austin. Her and her boyfriend is actually a big Austin FC fan. Uh, you know, I call him the the Fighting uh, McConaughey's, and because uh, Matthew McConaughey is one of the uh, one of the owners, and um, I definitely want to see their new team out there. Um, and they're actually doing very well this year. And like I said, just to kind of see what do people do out there? Uh, how do you experience something new? You know, you may not be able to afford to go to Barcelona just to see a game. I was fortunate, you know, those seven, eight years ago to go to Madrid and uh, see Atletico Madrid. But it's great to have that same essence in your own backyard. And in some cases, having stadiums filled with more people than, you know, a good amount of European teams, uh, European clubs uh, in their stadium. So, uh, you know, very happy about that. 
Uh, little tidbit, you know, Charleston's uh, population is 150K, New Orleans 350K. Um, and for them to support that club in Charleston with that small of a, uh, even even the, the metropolitan area only reaches about maybe uh, less than half a million, whereas uh, New Orleans metro area reaches about 1.2 million. Uh, so to have that level of dedication to commit to a, a a semi-pro or pro team actually uh it's pretty good and i really you know wish the best for all the teams that are in new orleans whether it's the jesters crescent city fc or any other ones uh to build that up we have the people um we you know we just have to uh find something to connect with whether it's soccer or just connecting in the sense of getting out there and having fun uh on, on a weekend night or a weekday night so that's that's my Charleston trip, and you know, happy about it. Like I said, hopefully I'll be going to Austin or maybe even the Houston Dynamo, or I might be going to Atlanta United by the summer. And if I'm very lucky, I'll be going to all three. <laughs> but in the meantime, um, back to some bigger worldwide news: um, USA versus Costa Rica. So this is the last game uh, for the United States men's national team in their. Uh, World Cup qualifiers. Um, they were currently in third uh, third place, and basically they needed to not lose by six points, um, uh, five points or more, I think, um, to Costa Rica. And unfortunately, uh, not only do they have a, a streak of never beating Costa Rica in Costa Rica, uh, that streak continued, and uh, they were, they lost two uh, two to zero. Obviously certain players and uh like i said for the sake of the podcast players like Serginho Dest uh and even Weston McKinney who i think is a big big factor uh were not um playing due to injury or other reasons and you know my personal feel about that it was disappointing it was not the best looking game we you know i, I do love seeing you know the guys out there like Captain America um Chris Pulisic and and other guys, um, regardless of their ethnicity. I mean, you know, I love Gio Reyna, you know, as far as a, a you know, very young guy that's coming up. And, um, but I, I'm, I'm not upset because they did all the things they needed to do, you know, games in advance. This this is definitely a positive. I mean, just to get to the World Cup is, is a huge achievement. I mean, you're beating quality teams you're you're coming as a country of the united states regardless of our resources we have not really been considered that not even dominant soccer uh country but we haven't even been considered a consistent uh soccer country so with such a um you know uh, achievement of qualifying for the world cups now at with players of such young age that's very good now i segue that into how can that, you know, how can the United States, uh, or even, let's say more so the black community, uh, build on that as far as the World Cup? So the World Cup is going to be later this year, um, uh, starting in November. With our first cup, uh, first game against England, um, we just had the draw today uh, where it's the United States, uh, Iran, England, and pretty much whoever wins out of Wales, Scotland, and I think... Um, it might be Korea, uh, but I'll have to check that to be sure. But uh, our first game, uh, it's going to be no November 22nd, as far as what I know, um, against England, which if you 
have read my book uh, based on the last time the United States were in the World Cup or or basically the U.S. men's national team at that time. Um, the total roster uh, for the British, uh, uh, sorry, the British, <laughs> the English um, national team was uh, lower diversity as far as, uh, well, let's say it was lower diversity as far as African-Americans. Obviously, the United States had a larger, um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, backwards. The United States had a lower African-American um, uh, uh, player um percentage compared to England even though we have a larger black percentage um, of our population which is about thir- at that time about 13 or 14 percent um, but England's is about five percent um, I can actually check that and see because I have my book that I wrote right next to me and remember that book is called pitch black America's missing soccer stars you can buy it on Amazon uh, or even Kindle and you can actually fact check me on my own stats as far as the book that I wrote because I need to know these things. <laughs> so let's go through. Here we go. Uh, so back at that time, the England um, English national team percent uh, black was forty five percent, while the United States um, percentage black was twenty one point seven. Whereas the country United States. Uh, African Americans make up thirteen point four percent, and black, uh, you know, multiple—I can't call them African Americans in England—only made up two point nine percent. So that was a huge jump compared to now. Uh, from the average of the rosters, the uh, men's national team, uh, United States uh, men's national team, uh, has a, a definitely over fifty to sixty. Uh, it might even be reaching 70% uh, if I look at again um, of their players are of African American or black descent which is a huge jump from 21.7% um, I know it's going to sound like I'm saying hey they made it to the qualify uh, they made it to the World Cup because we have more black players and even though this is a pitch black channel it is not just for that but it is partially correct in the sense that you have more African Americans you've dove into the fabric of the diversity of the United States and the players and uh, found the best players regardless regardless of their ethnicity and I while keep in mind I am very proud that there are more black players but I'm even more proud that this is a winning team made up not just of multi uh uh, you know, multiple ethnicities and cultures, which is great, it's beautiful, but they're the best, you know, and I think that always is a good showing to the world, um, not for the sake of, oh, USA is just best because we are, um, it's, we're very good, we, we can be very quality because we bring strengths from everyone, um, regardless of their ethnicity, we're not homogenous. Um, so... That's a little bit about that. You know, uh, kudos to them, and I wish them the best. I hope the black community uh, watches that. I'm actually going to try um, different, uh, you know, just neighborhood events, uh, you know, obviously talking to friends and family to try to inspire them to watch it. I've actually started up a a new uh, Instagram um, uh, page called uh, Kits and Kicks. So it's kits underscore and kicks. Um, 
And it's basically, you know, I, I've mentioned it before, I'm not a huge uh, shoe person. I think they're a beautiful, you know, nice design uh, tennis shoes. I'm not, the, you know, the guy that's going to spend, you know, 152 or three, four, five hundred dollars on a shoe. That's just not me. Now, jerseys, I still won't spend that much, but I'm more inclined to buy a jersey, or definitely a scarf, just because that's, you know, that's my thing. So I kind of, you know, started thinking about putting those together, how to reach, you know, the 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 demographic and it's not just African American that, you know, love shoes, but it is a big thing in in black culture as far as, you know, very stylish tennis shoes, especially Jordan brand being the top, you know, uh considered the top brand. And combining that with, you know, the the incredible diverse designs that of soccer uh soccer jerseys. And so pretty much what I do right now, I find like an MLS team or uh, uh, a country's national team's jersey, and I find a shoe that goes with it, you know, very nice design, same color, you know, maybe even same pattern, uh, to show people that these things aren't exclusive. You know, they, they don't have to live in separate worlds. They can be combined. You know, that's what we do. That's that's essentially, you know, uh, like one of the best dishes in New Orleans, gumbo. You don't just have to have this, you know, uh, you know, type of rice over here and this type of flour over here and this type of okra over here and make different. You can put them all together and make something that's even more credible. And you know, hopefully this is something you know somebody will see and it'll you know really catch their attention. So like I said, kits k i t s underscore and kicks k i c k s. Uh, that's at kits underscore and kicks. Um, so check that out. You know, that's one, one of the little things I'm trying to do. Don't worry if whatever you want to do, if you are a soccer fan in the black community and you want to get out there, it may sound corny, but fine, you know, try something, try something, uh, because this is a big event and, you know, I think the only bigger event is going to be in, uh, in four years when the world cup is in the united states and united states uh is one of the countries that's hosting it so most likely they're going to get uh an automatic berth or you know if they're even a comparable team they'll be in because they're expanding the amount of teams that are going to go so from pretty much the north and central america uh central american countries instead of three going to the world cup it'll be six uh which is you know even if, like I said, if the United States were just kind of middle of the pack or so-so, they would still go based on uh, how good they've been in the past, you know, 20 years as far as average um, uh, average ranking uh, in CONCACAF. So do that, you know. It, like I said, whether you're, you know, African-American, where you're originally from Africa, or maybe you just like black culture, but you like soccer and you want to see the mix, it can be any reason. You can be white and if you want to just see black culture grasp onto soccer, go for it. Um, I think the inclusion is definitely needs to be there. And that uh, brings me to my next topic. And I know I'm kind of running through these, I'm definitely trying not to, but this next topic uh, is back to more of a personal uh, situation. Um, uh, so I applied to work at a uh, soccer store, pretty much uh, a soccer store, pretty uh, pretty well-known one in the area and they're you know incredible owners and everything um 
and I realized that the store manager position that I was going for uh, is pretty much already occupied, but he he's leaving to a you know a different position. It, it's by someone that um, it isn't as, and I want to put put this in the right way because I I don't want to attribute um, anything heinous to this person, but I definitely want to reflect on uh, their attitude of, uh, you know, how they perceive themselves versus how they really are acting as far as facts. Um, but I'll get back to that. They, you know, went to the, uh, you know, did the interview and, you know, let them know uh, kind of my background. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty, you know, pretty nice size store, definitely a startup store, but you know they do a lot of sales you know as far as uh, different academies around here and um you know they tried to throw me in the fire you know kind of you know during the interview this is what we're going to do can you handle it and one of my former jobs uh i was a assistant store manager for target um and i've definitely been through the 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 hellfire of black friday and um and that's one, you know, one of those life events that I felt like, hey, if I can make it through this, I can make it through almost anything. And so when you know he mentioned that, I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, this is fine. This is fine. And, and you know, I I pretty much knew the layout of the land. I'd been an assistant store manager. I'd been a store manager. Uh, been a manager of a store that was, fifth, uh, sorry, five million dollars in sales up to the target, which was about twenty-five million dollars in annual sales. So. This wasn't, I don't want to ever call anything easy, but this was not something that um, was going to deter me. So we went through it and, you know, they asked, you know, they saw my resume that I used to, you know, uh, you know, play football, coach football, more so coach, obviously. Playing was just from primarily that high school and whatnot. <laughs> Uh, but coaching football um, for years, the athletic directing, uh, starting the soccer team, and you know, they kind of were a little uh, snide remarks here and there as far as not knowing or not you know really knowing the soccer language. And I thought to myself, and I tried not to get offended because I tried not to get offended easily because maybe there's a reason. And I guess he figured that because I was coming from a football background over 10 years ago, not that's not including the past eight to 10 years where I've pretty much, you know, um, swam in the soccer statistics, um, where as far as analysis, as far as tradition and history, I mean, I would say the only thing that I don't do right now is actually coach, and that's mainly because I don't have the time um, to do it. But... I just kind of stepped back from that and let him know, like, oh, I can do it, you know, and kind of, you know, wanted to mention to him, you know, your store isn't based on who was the best player in the world, it's who can sell this product, who can really reach your customers, um, for example, they have many jerseys, and I, yeah, I think it's a great place to buy soccer uh, gear, and, but unfortunately, you know, from merchandising and, um, in uh, Target, there were no mannequins, you know, so it's just jerseys kind of on hanger stacked against, you know, each other. You you can see little glimpses of different colors, but you can't actually tell, you know, what jersey it is. And, I, you know, I kind of threw it in there as far as, 
hey, you know, it would be great if you, you know, could like actually merchandise these things to where people could see it. Um, you know, maybe even basic pairs of shoes. You can just get like basic color shoes, you know, cheap shoes, pay less or whatever. Or, you know, be even some, um, you know, shoes of the same brand um, that some of these jerseys are. So that way you can create an outfit, you know, you can create, uh, you can show how this fits into something else um, other than just, oh, I'm gonna wear it for, to watch my soccer team. How do you reach the audience? How do you reach the customers that don't play soccer? You know, I'm one of those, you know, I'm that, I don't play, you know, or I didn't play, but these things attract my attention. I uh, also wanted to give them some, you know, some history. We had a football team, uh, O'Perry Walker, that had multiple, not just college, but NFL players come out of it. And one of their secrets was that, and it's probably not even a secret anymore as far as uh, high school football, their receivers and DVs, def defensive backs, they're pretty much skill positions, probably even some running backs, uh, wore soccer cleats because they were lighter. So uh, I don't know if you grew up, in, you know, in the uh, playing in the late 90s and early 2000s, but... Cleats were heavy. Cleats were heavy. And so any extra advantage you can get as far as speed helped out. Market to them. Don't you don't just have to sell soccer gear to soccer players. You know, it's great that you can have that outlet, you know, you can be so dominant in that, but you don't want to just find soccer players, you know, the the, the NFL, the New Orleans Saints aren't watched by former Saints players. I mean, uh, former football players. Uh, even in the NFL, I think majority of the fans are uh, female, and I would guarantee 99.99%, if not, well, yeah, 99.99% of those females did not play football, yet they are the equivalent, if not the majority of fans of the NFL. So, uh, about a week or so later, anyway, um... I got the email because I had asked, you know, as far as the second interview, and they basically said, well, we think you interviewed well, um, but it was the next line as far as, uh, unfortunately, we don't think you're in the soccer world uh, like some of the other people. And um, like I said, I, I didn't want to take any offense to it. I, I knew this is something that was reflected from the former store manager because uh, we had seen each other. And um, even with what I'm saying right now, I wish him the best, but... Um, I did go to a, a soccer uh, forum that we have in uh, in Louisiana, and it just mentioned, you know, this is a sport, and I think all sports have that capability or have that, you know, core value of uh, diversity. Um, this is not a, a sport that you want to exclude someone in because, you know, um, they played football. Uh, I've used, you know, in my book that, you know, one of the beautiful things I like about soccer is that you can be essentially, you know, any height. You know, you can be six one like Ronaldo. You can be five five. I'm sure he's probably t taller than that, uh, Messi. But you can be short. You can be tall. You know, and you can still be a world class player. Whereas basketball, you essentially, you know, percentage wise have to be taller. Football, you essentially have to be of a certain, you know. Um, uh, muscle mass in order to do the you know things and obviously there there are exceptions to the rules but those are very anecdotal in itself um but soccer you know it, it, the only requirement is you're good you know you're good you're in shape you know in the sense of 
you can run because I, I doubt if you're going to get out there and uh, run for 90 minutes at 300 pounds. But if you can, guess what? You're going to play. There is no set standard as far as what a soccer player should look like and definitely shouldn't be a standard of what a soccer player uh, looks like. I'm sorry, as far as a soccer fan looks like. So, um, you know, so I just kind of wrote that review in the sense of if you don't become the elite, don't become a soft bigot in the sense of I'm soccer, I'm going to don't become and this is this may be controversial. Don't become what the other major sports did. Don't do what they did to soccer players. Don't say, well, I've played such and such for university of this and this in your know, football team. So you can't be a part of this. You can't learn this compared to, hey, I may know more than you about this, but here, let me find a way to teach you about this. Let me get you involved because you may add something that I've never experienced because I was in that whatever sports world for so long. Um, so that that became a you know a part of my goal is to pick up to you know from where they're leaving off. They they are you know like I said they are a very you know good company and I think the owners have great intention, but I think they're limited more so because of the the former store manager who labels himself as a rebel you know as far as going against the status quo of uh soccer teams in the in the local area but isn't reaching out to that audience that really needs to be there you know he's not reaching out to that vietnamese population or honduran population or black population in the new orleans area and instead of getting upset at him, I take that as a challenge that I and maybe even some other people in the city that, you know, are hopefully listening to this uh, are just interested in, in, you know, community building that myself or they or we will take that upon ourselves and pick up where they left off and complete, you know, complete the, the plan of the inclusion of being a soccer player or not. You know, making soccer a, a part of the New Orleans culture again. So that's a little about that. And the last thing I'm going to leave you off, in, and this is kind of you know, uh, I know this is turned into more of a uh, you know deep philosophical uh, podcast than usual. Uh, just a quick article I read about Egypt versus uh, Senegal. Uh, basically, you know, um, Egypt uh, lost to Senegal, and. Uh, there was, you know, stuff being thrown at uh, Muhammad Salah, and I understand to a certain point, you know, you're that you're a top class player. You have the most goals in, uh, you know, essentially what's considered the best uh, best soccer league in the uh, in the world. Um, and you missed a penalty kick, uh, but it was the Senegal fans uh, throwing stuff at him, and allegedly there were uh, signs as far as racism, which, and that's why it caught my, you know, it caught my eye because. I, you know, I think this is part of the African Federation's uh, uh, Cup, uh, AFC, and I don't look at Egyptians as non-black, you know, and just because, yeah, there are a lot more Egyptians that are lighter skinned, and yeah, there are Egyptians that are darker skinned, and even probably historically, they probably, you know, were more darker until there was a lot of, uh, you know, interracial, uh, you know, dating and, you know, uh, courting and whatnot, 
uh, from you know countries around in the, the Mediterranean area. But to sit there and have racial tensions, one, it's, it is a game. And I can stand you can have emotions, but to involve race into it when you are from the same continent, you're you're African, you know. It, it's it's you know that's bad to see, and, and you know I know it happens, and this is definitely one of the situations that I've written about where you know uh, racism in sports or racism in soccer isn't exclusive to the United States. Um, if anything, it's probably more inclusive. Um, as far as ethnicity, uh, as far as race, than most other countries because they are so homogenous. Pretty much, the Senegalese team is everybody. Everybody on the team is from Senegal and Egypt. Everybody's from Egypt. You know, as far as not just as far as they were born there, but you know, they can trace their great grandmother and you know even more than that to that same country. Whereas the United States, there's a certain limit of where you know where that uh, family tree comes from in the United States because eventually it comes from the rest of the world. So, like I said, that was a bit disheartening because I'm very proud of Senegal. I'm, I'm proud of any African team, and I you know, I hope in the future uh, more African teams are uh, able to be involved in the uh, World Cup. But this is disheartening to see that, you know, within the same continent, you know, uh, fans, and I'm not putting it on the Senegal national team itself or the organization but to you know for the fans to take it to that level that's not called for you know it's not called for in any uh country whether it's you know someone from uh I don't know Morocco you know making fun of american players you know as far as their race that that's off limits that's you know that's not necessary if you want to show that you're better do it on the field you know after that you know shake hands because this is the World Cup. This is a time for us to come together, watch our team, or watch other teams that we may love. I'm, I know secretly I'm rooting for Portugal as well as the United States. But to root for, you know, whatever team you want and just have a good time, win, lose, or draw. Um, and uh, I guess my, my challenge for any listener is, you know, like I said, if you are that soccer fan or whatever sport fan you are, be yes be proud of what you know learn as much as you can but don't learn it to uh have someone under your thumb learn to have someone under your wing so that way they can learn more they can add to what you know and they can carry on you know the plan that you're uh that you have set in motion as far as your passion for that sport and in this situation for me it's soccer there's going to be, you know, people that's interested that don't know as much as me. I want to inspire them to learn more and I want them to carry it on. So with that, I just want to say thank you for uh, having me back. And I look forward to talk to you again over the next couple of uh, weeks as more MLS games start up. I'm definitely going to be watching more USL games because Charleston Battery, you're my USL team. Now I just have to find different other teams. Last bit of uh, uh last thing to say, um, Fortunately, I'm going to have an internship with the New Orleans Jesters as far as working with their operations. So, uh, yes, it has taken some time in my life, but I will be working for a pro slash semi-pro team. And hopefully, you know, my soccer, uh, you know, dreams as far as working in management with the team grow from that. So, um, hope to talk to you guys soon. I'll get more information. I'll try to have more, uh, you know, topics for you. 
And as always, look forward to kicking it with you later.